you're listening to Secrets of Data Analytics Leaders. My recommendation to anyone venturing into this particular journey is never undertake a re-architecture migration project. Welcome, everyone. This is Wayne Eckerson, your host today. My guest this week is Lennon Galley, a data analytics practitioner who has always been on the leading edge of where business and technology intersect. He was one of the first to move data analytics to the cloud when he was BI director at Share This, a social media provider. He was instrumental in building a real-time analytics environment for online gaming while at Ubisoft. And he is now spearheading the creation of a Hadoop-based data analytics environment at Quotient, a digital promotions firm in the retail industry. Welcome to the show, Lennon. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks for having me. We're excited to be part of this podcast. Now, you've spent a lot of time doing work in the cloud. And as I said in the intro, you were one of the first to bring data analytics to the cloud when you were at Share This. To you... uh, From this vantage point, what are the benefits and challenges of running data analytics in the cloud? Um, It's a great question. I think it's still relevant, and I feel old talking about it (laughs) because it's been 10 years uh, since we've actually embraced it. So um, I'll I'll tell you a little bit of story about um, how we um, came about doing um, everything in the cloud. So share this with such a small startup started in the Midwest, um, and I was in the e-commerce and doing data and products and services, so it's all Internet of Things, um, and kind of came in to um, help um, share this to basically embrace the new innovation and scale, because you know, every time um, we're talking about doing anything with data, it was a big pain uh, in those days, and uh, 10 years ago, is the biggest challenge was always uh, scale. Agility, flexibility, innovation, and opportunities. So there's so many questions that we had to figure out, and there are fewer opportunities to do something like that. So um, doing in a relational database or MPPs in those days um, is very expensive. Um, Cloud is very attractive, however, very complex. So, you know, it was a tough decision. Um, so uh, I was posed a question uh, to stay, um, you know, in a data center or go to a cloud. Um, you know, it is going to be built on top of data. So we needed that scale. We are not a company that has the resources to do everything that we thought we could and eventually spend all our money in building data center-related uh, uh, activity and resources. So we said all in to go to Amazon and AWS at that time. It's very early. And um, the challenge um, was, because it's new, unknowns, everything that we did uh, was risky. I mean, I will tell you, there are days where I have spent nights doing research and hiring people and figuring out what's the right strategy, right ways to do things. So the challenge there is everything we did. Uh, The benefits, I think it was the best thing we've ever done. Um, I think that, that it helped uh, move the company where um, it is today, uh, still evolving and growing, um, and from zero to millions of dollars of revenue, um, gone from just doing um, you know one type of product to multi-prong approach to app platforms, consumer focus, and really um, you know become a data powerhouse. So some of the things that I could 
talk about is um, is the the you know, in terms of uh, benefits, I would say is agility, scale, flexibility, innovation, and opportunities. Whereas challenges have been selection, um, strategy, um, selection of tools, and and um, and strategy around how to go about um, you know defining what the data um, organization should be and uh, data you know. Um, governance should be and how do we manage growth and storage and access and processing and providing value from from the data to execution of all of those and um, and operations the, the biggest challenge going into cloud um, was really how to operate it um, in those days um, you know as you as you know uh, data team used to be one and most of the um, you know people skills were tool driven you know if you're a data bi business intelligence person you're using informaticas or oracle data warehouse or uh, you know um, microstrategy or or tableau or whichever that um, that as a tool you're pretty tool driven everything was a tool and you simply integrate but when you go to cloud um, none of those really uh, is a, available as a platter um, you would have to figure out everything so one thing to build, um, and the second most challenging thing was operating. Now, operating in the cloud, um, what I've learned is don't build in the cloud, but build for the cloud. What do you mean by that? So the the mindset typically is um, tendency in those days, or even now, a lot of people who move into the cloud, it's thinking that it is a data center infrastructure as a service. It wasn't a norm or a term that actually was existing in those days. It was just cloud. And uh, there are a lot of things people didn't know um, and uh, things that we've had to learn and figure out pretty quickly that um, a typical, you know, building like an infrastructure in a data center where scaling, defining architecture, um, developing uh, programs that um, understand that the underlying servers can go disappear at any minute. They're not stable. In cloud, it's all virtualization. So that means any machine that you power up and add to your cluster may disappear um, and don't exist. And so it can stop anytime. Um, so your application could break if you don't have the underlying infrastructure. So that means you have to build it for fault tolerance. And that was a fundamental idea of building in the cloud uh, versus building for the cloud. So that means you're, if you treat it like an infrastructure, um, like in a data center, you're just simply moving yourself into the cloud and thinking your application is going to work um, just the way it is in the data center because it is an infrastructure. However, the quirks and the intricacies of cloud is that it's you need to make sure your application is fault tolerant. Your application is scalable and agile and adapt to uh, uncertainty. And by not having those, the struggle and the challenge um, is going to hit you right away. So for companies looking to get into the cloud today, and there are quite a lot, uh, especially those who have existing legacy on-premise, what would you advise? So if a company, so there's one other um, philosophy that I have. Um, working with data is a journey. I mean, if you're thinking about either uh, starting your journey in the cloud 
uh, or for the cloud, or you have started your journey a long time ago, but um, you're stuck um, with what you have built and you need to move to a cloud to refactor or re-architect and, and adapt or for the cloud. Um, it's a journey. Um, it's not just a reorganization or a simple move to the cloud or build um, a platform or buy a platform and adapt to the cloud. It's a cultural shift. Uh, it's an organizational shift. Um, and it's a technology shift. And it's a shift for everybody in the organization. So you need to set the expectations before venturing into any of this type of journey with data um, because the benefits take time, whether it is on-prem or cloud. And so uh, my uh, recommendation would be to have um, the strategy, um, understanding um, what exactly your goals, and understand um, that the tools are enormous in terms of choices, so you have to make selection. Understanding what you're trying to achieve and, and go with the simple um, and smaller ways to prove and walk before run. And execution, you need people, you need skills, um, and uh, you have to be uh, able to fail quick and recover and run. So I consider every, um, every opportunity to fail is a success for your long-term strategy. So uh, I believe that actually empowered us to really um, run faster. Right. So those, those are all good best practices. Uh, now, a lot has changed and improved since you first went into the cloud. I'm wondering if there are specific gotchas today that people ought to be aware of when it comes to doing data analytics in the cloud. Yeah, I know for sure every organization is different, so it's very hard to speak for any one particular thing. But from my point of view, even today, um, given um, where we are moving into the cloud, you have to understand the architecture. The gotchas are the, the, whether you are going there to build for flexibility and build for your product as a strategy for your company, what is the mission? Um, and is it to cost cutting or is it cost optimization, cost savings, or is it to really build that flexibility to leverage data to build products? So it, the strategy is at the core. Apart from that, I would say selecting the right tool or a platform, whether you go to which cloud, because the choices are different. If you're in uh, Amazon, you have enormous tool sets and the maturity is quite different. But if you go to Google, it's a bit quite different and the tool sets are different. And the opportunities to work with data are different. So you have to embrace to the cloud native versus your own uh, technology that you want to bring with you. Um, or if you go to Azure, it's a bit different too. So every cloud um, provider gives you the tools and, and an environment that you have to adapt to. So you have to first make sure that you are going to the right place. And that requires you to be understanding whether that cloud is the right cloud based for your business. Um, you see yourself growing in it. And also being flexible. Um, because it's one thing to go into the cloud and then say, I want to be independent, agnostic to the cloud vendor and operate on my own. And so then I will take my tools and move it in uh, because I've already paid for it versus the opportunity to um, 
make it a hybrid environment where you have to take cloud native optimizations because the reason for most of these cloud providers to build those services is to make it seamless for you to move the data um, between applications and services. So if you don't adapt to those that they're offering, your cost isn't going to make you really that comfortable. So you're saying that it's actually more cost effective to buy new platform specific services than bring your own legacy tools into the cloud? My recommendation to anyone venturing into this particular journey is never undertake a re-architecture migration project. That means you don't want to go into the cloud, but you want to re-architect it. You could certainly take on that mission. The problem with that is you have to learn to do two things. You have to maintain what you have, and you have to support what you're undergoing projects and initiatives in an existing environment. And you have to have an entirely new team. It's a huge investment, and it's also a distraction. Um, it is going to make your team um, really have to focus on two things, to learn, to re-architect, um, bother and disturb the people who are probably the, the main knowledge base for you, um, who probably then won't be able to deliver what the business is expecting. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of problems that come with that kind of um, uh, strategy. So you're suggesting, I, I, I think, that maybe what you should do with your legacy is forklift it into the cloud, and then once there, then begin a process to re-architect. Your strategy has to be multi-pronged. Um, there is no perfect solution when you're going into the cloud expecting that it would work magically when you go into the cloud. Like I said, fundamentally, going into the cloud is not into the cloud for the cloud. So if your application isn't going to scale today, don't expect it to scale when it goes into, into the cloud. Because the idea of re-architecture requires the team, requires the knowledge, requires uh, a lot more than what a team can handle. So ideally, most projects, um, some projects I would certainly uh, say you may have to reconsider even going into the cloud uh, the way the application is built. And if it's not really reasonable for you to move it, you probably don't want to take the forklift it. Uh, you may have to re-architect for good because the pro probably it is at the end of life, right? Or there is no forklift capabilities offered by the cloud. So in that situation, I would recommend not to uh, move any of that legacy, that old um, architecture or even uh, applications into the cloud. Um, but for majority of them, and even the clouds have matured today, is you can forklift, you can move your licenses and then adapt to the cloud and operate. Eventually, though, um, your team learns by moving it fundamentally how cloud works and what is available. As long as the path to migrate is simple, the pressure on delivering um, and keeping your uh, current commitments and setting the right expectations and having a process and a plan that is simple enough is going to make your team successful and uh, you know the project a successful thing. Because you're not going to lose a whole lot by moving into the cloud, whether you run it inside um, here or there. The investment probably is going to be a little high on the going in, but it's worth it. Right. Would it be safe to say then that maybe the best way to start with the cloud is to 
do some small project, some net new application there where you can design it and, and uh, for the cloud uh, and uh, learn uh, its nuances uh, before you tackle your legacy systems? Yeah, I mean, that is typically how most companies have learned to do. Um, but still, a legacy move is never an easy thing, even with all of that you have to dedicate that type of a project. When you do do that, um, you have a conflict um, around, um, you know, if, if, a, if a project is a separation from your existing legacy completely, more than well, uh, it's, it's a perfect candidate for doing something like that. Um, even uh, when you have a legacy, you could move your BI uh, dev um, environment over there. Um, you could move your QA over there. Um, because as long as you're replicating, and it is possible to replicate most um, you know, MPPs um, in the cloud um, nowadays, and um, so it, or you know, even a Hadoop infrastructure is easy to replicate. Um, but the, the challenge there is, as you're going in, um, there are certain optimizations you could do. Um, the way you couldn't do that in a data center. So you could certainly build um, automation of deployments, which you couldn't do that um, in the data center, per se, because you have to get the hardware, and you have to certify the hardware, and you have to put all the things together. That, that particular uh, legwork and groundwork is very easy. So you could easily um, create a Docker container or use even Kubernetes nowadays. I mean, there are a lot of opportunities for you to be able to automate a lot of the groundwork um, so that you don't do repetitive efforts uh, that you typically do um, in a, a traditional environment to moving into the cloud. So you have that ability for automation, which if you do that, there are less mistakes and uh, everything is configurable, modularized, and your ability to add and remove. So I think that's where the journey for cloud starts for everybody, mm -hmm. to know how to go into the cloud and adopt it at the core, rather than um, taking your practices and then try to think that you, it would work when you go into the cloud. Then there's the whole topic of hybrid cloud, right? Where you've got some things in the cloud and some on-premise and vice versa. That seems to me even more complex, um, but sometimes a necessary step on the way. Yes, and I totally agree. And because it's again like depends on the the nature in which the current infrastructure, current business runs and operates. So there is no perfect way of running everything in the cloud or everything on prem. So if you are in a situation where you have some applications running in the cloud and you need that data to come for all of your uh, enterprise data warehouse that is on-prem, um, you have to make sure that data comes back. And sometimes most initiatives that are in the cloud is where the big data is. So how do you then balance that? Uh, how do you bring that data that is humongous to, uh, on the cloud from the applications that I have that are highly scalable and bring that into a Teradata or an MPP that I have that that it's going to be expensive for me and I need that type of data set. So my you know experience and then most most probably all the data practitioners that you realized um, already that you don't want to bring the raw data um, that is uh, humongous in volumes into into your um, your on-prem. Um, you wanna you wanna figure out how do you condense it. 
How do you summarize it? What is the purpose? Why do you want to bring that? Because it's cheaper to keep the data uh, at a high volume in the cloud than on-prem. Well, listen, let's uh, segue into the topic of big data and Hadoop, something that you've had a lot of experience with as well. What do you see as the, the benefits and challenge of Hadoop? It's gotten fairly mature, uh, but still, in, in the scheme of things, pretty young technology. What would you recommend to people who are considering uh, Hadoop? Um, unfortunately, it is, like I said, it's an evolution. It's a journey. Um, like every other application and technology, it's a tool. It's a platform. It's evolved into a, a data uh, enterprise platform hub with different services that are offered um, for different types of solutions that um, anyone can uh, take advantage of. So um, those who did not understand working with data um, as a journey and that it, it requires you to have that architectural understanding of Hadoop and the purpose of you using Hadoop, um, not for small data sets, but for larger data sets, um, and uh, ability to engineer um, working with data. Um, all these are important uh, still, even today. So um, it depends um, also on a company that has started with the foundation of working in, with an engineering mindset with the data set versus a traditional um, company. Data is not necessarily their foundation products and services that they have built over time are their foundation, but the data that they're getting out of that um, has never been leveraged um, to make it valuable. Those are the companies that struggle. So the company size that is a mammoth-like insurance and financial uh, institutions where their products have evolved over uh, years, I mean, talking about decades, um, it's very difficult for them to um, collect that data, bring that data together, um, understand the, the characteristics across the organization. So that's when the challenges start. Um, having that type of a broader strategy um, to think that I want to bring all the data together um, is a failure. Um, I think, the, like you said earlier, um, starting small, trying to make sure that you bring one data set and, and make sure that you're able to organize it well and then ability to bring another data set because in the end, data doesn't, it's not any different whether it is small or big. It's just the volume is the only thing and the velocity at which it, it actually comes at you and the variety of the data that sets that, are, you know, that you have to work with is what makes a lot of this complex. Other than that, Data is still the same data. You still need to know why you have it and what it is going to do for you and what are you going to, uh, and how are you going to work with it. So you still need to have the tools, you still need to have the people, you still need to have uh, the understanding. Um, so organization of data is at the core, especially working with Hadoop. Yeah, so that let me let me drill down on that point. The organization of the data. I, I was going to ask you something along the line. You know, we we've, we're talking about things that have changed, but what hasn't changed? And I think the organization of the data is still something that requires a lot of thought and a lot of manual effort. And I wonder if you could comment more on that. It wasn't such an important thing um, early on because people were trying to figure out how to get the data together. Um, it wasn't a, an important thing for at that time to organize the data. Um, it was more about, okay, I have all the data all over the place, I just need to bring it together, right? 
Um, so the focus was just to build things to bring it onto Hadoop and you know store it. Uh, just dump it here, dump it there. I mean that was the strategy initially because people did not understand. Um, you know, when you bring so much of data together at once, and if you did not understand what it, what that data is, what it can do for you, how you need to organize it, it has become swamp. In cases where people got frustrated, is because there was no strategy holistically to bring that data together. Everybody wanted their own piece because organizations were verticalized and their teams are distributed, disconnected, disjointed. Um, strategies are all over the place and everybody's trying to go faster. You know, this is a recipe for disaster no matter which product and which strategy you take. And so I can understand the, the, the frustration of those organizations that went through this and then figure out, oh man, what kind of mess I created. So what would you uh, say to, I mean, how does an organization organize their data? Are we talking about modeling the data in Hive or something else? No, um, you can still bring the data together. I think the, the challenge there is, it's not like, you know, I think there are two things that really conflict, right? So there is a pace at which you need to deliver results, right? That's why I was saying very early on, uh, big data is a journey and it is not something, just a time bomb. You do something and it's over, and I'm done, and so, uh, you know, my big data project is over. No, it, it never ends, and that's the key. Um, because data is the essential element that keeps changing. Um, it's changing because of the demand that you're getting from the people that are using the data to the market impact on the business that you're in, uh, the people impact that you have in your teams. So because data is the only thing that connects everything in an organization, both inside and out, it is the asset. And it's like the gold mine that you, you, know, that you have. And it is not pure, so you have to ensure that you bring the raw data and you organize the raw data in a way compartmentalized initially. So are you recommending more of a use case driven approach to organizing the data, yes. not an enterprise data model like we used to do? Yes. The reason why it is tough to work with data is because it requires organization. It requires structure. It requires, um, you know, understanding of the purpose. So if you were to bring data and thinking that it is going to work itself out, it's never. I mean, the need for data goes from department to department. It molds itself to the usage of that department. So just thinking that I'm going to build an enterprise warehouse and then thinking magically it is going to work for me is not never going to work, but right? So you have to make sure the business use case is so important. Um, the reason why you need to structure data for that use case, because there are other factors you need to understand as well. So if we're designing for use cases, um, what is going to stitch all these use cases together in the end to give us uh, conformity, consistency, and enterprise views? You know, that was the hallmark of the data warehouse. It's a layering of the cake, right? So you're not going to build a cake just like with one uh, ingredient. So if you want to have a cake and eat it too, you have to layer it. And none of that comes uh, without crafting making sure that you understand what you want, what kind of cake you want. You can simply go with a simple cake because you don't know how to build a cake, then yeah, uh, that's the best route. Um, once you understand um, how that works, 
um, you can start experimenting and and, and you know uh, growing into uh, expanding the horizons and 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 building the layers. Why that is so important um, you, culturally, and this is one of the other thing I was saying is cultural shift, is because there is no one team when it comes to data that is going to be successful. It's one thing to bring the data together and organize. It's the other thing for those teams that are going to consume the data to understand how you organized. So it's impossible to say that, oh, my team's just supposed to be only managing data and just put it together. But if you don't produce a catalog that helps people understand what the data that you have and where it is and how it is, the people who are going to look at that data are going to never want to touch it because it's so complex. It is impossible right. for them to even figure out what is there. So that's why the principles that worked with a smaller data set are still more relevant and important even for big data, but it's even more important when it is big. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to a client today that uh, has small data, you know, under 100 gigabytes, and we had talked about using OLAP. It's still a relevant way for them to... Uh, proceed, OLAP cubes, because it provides dimensional view of data that most of the people in the organization uh, find intuitive. Of course, the uh, cubes don't scale to you know these terabyte and petabyte size uh, environments that most companies have. But how do we get back to that that environment where we're giving users those dimensional views of data inside of a big data environment? Um, so it is a, it's a bit of a challenge when you're working with data to always have a solution at hand. And, and, and I think it's important to know uh, the volume, the variety, and, and the veracity at which the data moves and changes, and the right approach to manage and maintain that data in the, in the, man, in a, in the way that it supports your business need. Um, at the time that they need it. Because again, you lose the opportunity that you're supposed to provide value to that organization, you probably already lost the opportunity to make an impact. So when that happens, the interest goes away and whatever you do, uh, people lose um, that the confidence. So it's not, a, it's not an easy thing. There is no perfect solution. Um, unfortunately, I would be preaching if I say I know, um, and I don't. Um, I think it's always based on the circumstances that you're making the decision and the people you have, the technology at your disposal, and make the right thing. And I can give you tons of examples of how I had actually made that type of choices when I was doing Share This, and it was incredible. And, and the, the complexity of that infrastructure, um, we've used MongoDB for counter increments because in those days you don't have atomic counters. So if you're shared, people are sharing an article, we have to increment the counters, and it has to be real time. And so there was no database that could atomically say my shares have actually incremented by 10. <laughs> so it's simply like you know, an update statement on that is going to take forever. <laughs> and you're talking about scale. So, and so we, we didn't use Cassandra because you didn't have that capability in those days. Uh, we've used MongoDB for that, and we've used Cassandra for scalability and distributed data center capabilities that it has for, for storing certain type of data set that eventually consistent. Um, and then we've used Hadoop for various different processing that we needed to do, uh, machine learning aspects that we had to do for using that. We've used MySQL and Redshift and 
you know, even though it's Redshift was not there, but again, um, you know, Astrodata and you name it, you have to leverage what makes that purpose of doing that and then build it with a, with a right stack at the right time. And then eventually, um, you know, there are other ways that you could evolve from it and by replacing. And I did replace a lot of these tools uh, over time. But that's another thing. So that is what you know, the best part of being in a startup um, and, and growing uh, versus a company that is a mammoth <laughs> where you're, you're kind of steering a Titanic that is, uh, you know, that has bounded by so many different factors. It's, it's very difficult. And I don't envy uh, people who are doing either one. Um, it's not a luxury of being in a startup. Uh, it has its own risks and rewards. Um, and being in an enterprise, it has its own risks and rewards. And I've been on both sides and I, at Ubisoft and share this. So you've always been on the leading edge of technology. Uh, so if you get out your crystal ball, uh, what do you think is the next big thing uh, that will transform the way we use data to make decisions? AI, IoT, virtual reality, VR, devices that are going to be um, on your body or with you or sensor-driven, um, and cloud. I think um, if the next big thing that is going to transform uh, the way data and the way we make decisions, um, it's all about efficiency, automation, processing uh, in real time, an ability to visualize and um, consume. The rate at which we do is the only thing that is going to make it even better and better, but it also um, becomes very transparent and invisible. That you don't even know that a data is determining the decision for you, but you become it's data becomes an ingredient that you don't even know that data is driving it. So one thing you didn't say was artificial intelligence. That seems to be the I did, the yeah. First one. Oh, the first one. You said AI. First one is AI. AI. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why automation and AI goes hand in hand is because the purpose of uh, AI for both innovation and automation um, is that there are things that we do um, that are repetitive in nature, um, that human-prone, error-prone, we want to simplify those and then move the humans to do better things, uh, to leverage um, the data to do the actual value, extracting the value, rather than processing it. Um, so there's so much that we do with the data today. Um, there are a lot of tools already uh, implementing AI and models and machine learning, because AI is like a, a broad stroke of uh, machine learning. There are so many components within AI. Um, in order to become an AI expert, um, it's not uh, an easy thing. You have to you have to know machine learning. You have to understand uh, deep learning. You have to you have to go through a lot of uh, elements before you could eventually reap the benefits of AI. Great. Well, listen, uh, Lennon, that's all the time we have today. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on this podcast series uh, with us at Eckerson Group. Thank you so much for coming. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you want more content from business intelligence to data management to data science, browse to the Eckerson Group website at eckerson.com.